Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Supercoach Edge for the round 13 review and round 14 preview. Well, week two of the buyers are done and dusted. And despite it being the easiest of the buyer rounds <laughs> just along the Gold Coast missing, we were still throwing some curveballs with the uh, pink sweaty pig himself, Clary Oliver, missing mm. the King's birthday clash with an infected blister on his trotter. Jeez, who would have thought? Poor bloke. Remember he, yeah. uh, he injured his, uh, his trotter the previous year with the uh, the broken mm. broken trotter, the broken thumb. He's not uh, not not uh, not faring too well with the old trotters, uh, and James Sicily. He was uh, sent directly to the tribunal for a dangerous tackle. Again, well, this this might be a follow up Sicilian vacation. This could be the sequel, but unlike Chevy Chase's National Lampoon's Vacation film franchise, this sequel is anything but funny. It's not good. Not good. <laughs> Catchy yes. song though, like a holiday. Mm. Road. <laughs> I'll watch back to that franchise. But on the good side, if there is one, Zaret, mm. thankfully, hasn't been cited for a dangerous tackle and will play round 15, at least bolstering us in a week where I think it's fair to say we will all struggle. But round 13 was also full of positivity. We've got to bring the good vibes with some big scores across the board. Uh, we had Dunkley's 148, Laird's 156, Sicily and Taranto scoring 136, Bont and Sinclair 125. And a slew of other popular options tunning up. Oh, and to top it off, got a nice win for my mob over the blues. Yes, it was a, a nice viewing for yourself. Terrible viewing for myself, but I'm used yes. to it now. I'm used to seeing that sort of tripe for it's 13 right, weeks turn. running now. It'll well, 12 turn. weeks. Yeah, it'll turn eventually once we get rid of the coach, assistants, <laughs> CEO, and president. Well, it was quite funny as well. That, speaking that. Of that, 
Um, the CEO and president come out of contract. I think it's the end of this year. So Brian Cook, the old man, he's going off to the retirement home. And then we have Luke Sayers, who's also up for uh, for some fraudulent charges. Oh, uh, um, yes. Yeah. With, through his own business, which is quite funny. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's part of the course with Carlton, getting in guys who have some uh, shady history. So, uh, goodbye, Mama. But uh, I could uh, derail this, <laughs> this podcast for much longer, but I won't. So let's move on to Supercoach. So, of course, if you're not following us on socials, where we post the latest news, post-match Supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, you can do so via Twitter, which is at Supercoach underscore Edge, at DemoJ88, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and Facebook, Insta, and TikTok. Just su- search Supercoach Edge, and you'll find us there. Well, Liam, let's jump straight into it by kicking things off with our usual recap in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes, for those of you new to our show, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the uh, the more notable and the more forgettable performances across the week, and we touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for the ultimate supremacy. Ooh. Damon, let's start off with the good. Yeah, the good was, of course, Rory squared Laird. He had the <laughs> second highest super coach score for the round. And he was an ideal captain choice, of course, with his score of 156. And I was I was rubbing together my hands just uh, knowing that I locked in him as a C. It's always nice, isn't it, when you uh, look at the progressive scores during a game and you see your captain option. Just mm-hmm. the, like, I think he was on about 40 or something at quarter time. And I was like, this chef's kiss. So amazing. So thank you, Rory Squared. You really helped. Put the cherry on top of the week for me. Yes. I didn't get to take the C on Rory Laird. But we'll touch on that a little bit later. So in the bad, and it's probably a bit tough, but we've got Timmy English, the big English breakfast here. <laughs> and it really comes based on the fact that he scored, finished on a score of 99, which on, on the by and by isn't too bad. But he was probably lucky, one, with his scoring, champion data if you ask me, mm-hmm. uh, but was behind the eight ball early, sitting on minus four, I think it was, or minus three at okay. quarter time. So came home like a wet sail. But just the fact that, I mean, this is just the eye test. The fact that he scored 99 and I think it was Butters scored 114 or something, something around there, like 15 points. And they had considered, like, if you look at, like, the two players rated on, like, effectiveness and efficiency in the game, you would not have Tim English anywhere near Butters. But that's that's beside the point. So probably more on the bad because of the minus four at quarter time. Because imagine what he could have been on if he had not stunk it up in quarter one. Yep. No, spot on. And I must say, even as an owner, like you can't call me biased because I am an owner of a new new owner of uh, the English breakfast. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised to see him on a 99. Yeah. He, I reckon Max probably would have scored around about 70, I thought. And when I logged in and saw him, I think he actually got scaled up at the end as yeah, well. Yeah, scaled up as well. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like in a losing, they lost, didn't they? Yeah. Like yeah. In a, in a losing side as well. Like. It just makes no sense. And I know people joke on about like champion data or people yeah. at champion data having certain plays in their sides. This is like just a classic case of that. Like well, just, Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, I agree with you. I was thinking probably 70 based yeah. off just the eye test. Um, it just, it's wild to me that Butters, who was cleared best on ground, scored 114. And I know that, you know, even look back at Bont, 
you know, yeah. those rounds ago when he absolutely killed and mm. I think wasn't even the highest scorer in the grant in the, in the game because of all his um clangers and disposal efficiency and all that and freeze against, I think it was that killed him. But English, yeah, it was really quite strange, if I'm honest. But yep. I probably just sound like a jaded non owner. No, 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 no. I, I totally agree. I agree as an owner. So there you go. Like he was yeah. smashing the ruck. Like he had 20 yeah. hit outs to Lysett's 43. Like Lysett turned the tables compared to when they last played. So tip of the cap to uh, to old Lysett. Um, but English, I'm just thankful that he uh, had some sort of respectable court score, courtesy of champion data as they applied the uh, lipstick, of course. Uh, but let's move on to the ugly. And it was, of course, Errol Goulden, who most of us own, of course, and his score of 62 hertz during the buys, I must have said, but uh, thankfully it likely fell out of most people's best 18 scores. So I guess that's a little bit of the silver lining there, but hopefully he can turn his form around soon as he hasn't scored a hundred plus since round nine. So uh, he's on a little bit of a, a downward spiral at the moment, but we saw what happened last time when he was having a downward spiral and then he came out and smashed it with that 160 odd or whatever it was from memory. So he mm. could uh, he could easily do that again, but uh, he is definitely a hood. Don't think about trading him. No, do not <laughs> trade him. Do not trade him. Uh, do you want to jump into your team, Damon? Tell us how you went. Yes. So uh, it was actually a, not a bad uh, round for myself on uh, the second bye week. Ended up scoring uh, a 2,210 and almost cut my rank in, uh, not in half, but uh Cut it by one third at least and rose up 410 spots to now sit ranked a touch outside the top 1K with a rank of 1,163rd overall. So I'm just chipping away at the uh, at the, the top 1K. I feel like uh, Hodor is behind the other side of the door. Like I'm knocking and I'm starting to push. I'm starting to bang it like down and I can just feel Hodor's just there because I traded him out and he's, uh, he's not happy. So hopefully I can uh, smash down that door come uh, the end of the buy period, but uh, I ended up trading Wilmot for Neil. So that was my first trade. And of yep. course I just knew it was going to happen. Wilmot came out and scored his highest score for the season yeah. with a 90. Again, the, the very week I traded him out as always happened. So thankfully Neil outscored him, albeit with 102, which was well below <laughs> expectations. But I mean, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people traded in Neil. So it wasn't too bad considering that, but likewise, again, in trading Jay-Z to Darcy Cameron, also saw Jay-Z punch out a respectable 107 after not even tonning up over the past three weeks prior. So there is nothing sure of your player scoring yeah. after trading them out, uh, you know, and scoring quite well. So uh, it, uh, it hurts. It hurts. But I uh, ended up VCing English, uh, who somehow, as I said, and as you mentioned as well, scored a 99 despite that putrid performance. So I ended up opting for Laird as my C, who delivered a top score of 156 for my team. So uh, I was very, very happy with that. In terms of scores that dropped out, those included Goulden 62, Weddle 68, Mitchell's 74, and Green's 77. Yes. Meanwhile, Briggs continues printing just bulk cash with a score of 114, whilst another cash cow in Ford did well also with an 84. So uh, on track anyway, in terms of the, uh, the blueprint that I'd... Uh, painstakingly written out prior to the buys, but uh, of course with Sicily potentially or likely to be uh, suspended, I can just pretty much screw it up and throw it over my shoulder now. So <laughs> it's, mm. it's just another curveball after curveball. But Liam, how did you go on the weekend? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, not quite on par with you. I went down, what, 25, uh, I don't even know how many points, 25, 35, isn't it? Uh, yep. 
35 points. Yeah, yep. 35 points. Sorry. Just trying to do the scroll up and down to see what, <laughs> what I scored and what you scored. Uh, so in terms of that, I scored 2,175 with a ranking of a nine, meaning that I am ranked now 9,592nd overall. So into the top 10, uh, inside top 10K, which is nice. And I have gone up 1,590 spots on the weekend, nice. which was good. Uh, the ranking is heading the right way. Um, which is nice, um, especially with a, a decent score. I'm happy with 2,175 with a best 18. Uh, in terms of trades, I only made the one this week, trading Samson Ryan to Lockie Neal. And luckily the curse ah. <laughs> didn't affect Neal too much, I'm going to say. Normally yep. see a sub-100 score, so 102 I'll take. Week. But maybe it's just the fact that we traded them in the same week yeah. um, and you just counteract the curse. So I'm just going to be watching for you <laughs> trade in. Um, <laughs> Follow my lead, ride my yeah. coattails, yeah, right, right into the sunset. Pretty much. Uh, so I VC Dunkley, which looked great early um, and looked great in the end because, I mean, he did still score 148. Mm. Uh, but the advantage was not uh, – the advantage was not there, I guess, in the end, as so many people jumped on Laird as the C – which, uh, you know, helped, helped many get across the line. But luckily it did only cost me eight points in the end. I mean, there was no way I was not taking dunks 148. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely not to. Yeah, but, yeah, unfortunate that Laird did surpass him. Uh, scores that uh, ended up dropping out of my 18 this week were Errol Goulden, 62, Seamus Mitchell, 74, Josh Weddles, 68, and Alex Chincotter's 52. I also had Johnson, Wardlaw, and Ford scores on the bench. Uh, so plenty of cash um, being made, and I've also got uh, what's his name, Briggs, sitting in oh, the R yeah. two at the minute. Maybe I'll keep him for the season. He's looking good. It's already made one hundred fifty k. Oh, what an absolute! This could be the cash cow of the season. I mean, we, you spoke about Chandler being the cash yeah. cow of the season. He could be surpassed very, very quickly by the absolute piglet, oinklet, briglet. Uh, he's going very, very well. That's uh, that's for yes. sure. Yes. Speaking of going well, Liam. Uh, unfortunate for yourself, um, but mm. you got to grant me some sort of win. I mean, your mob absolutely pummeled my mob uh, mm. in actual football terms. Um, so ended up uh, with another win uh, in our head-to-head to keep things ticking along, increasing the margin ever so slightly to 581. So I'm on 11 wins and you're on Z2, but uh, there's always a chance to come yes. back. Always a chance. Always yeah, I think oh, we're running no. out of rounds for me to actually come back, <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll, I'll pick up the differential. But that's yeah. my aim. That's my aim. Uh, <laughs> let's jump into the next segment, Damon. What yeah. what is it? Yes, well, it is uh, it's that time. It's uh, where we start singing in acapella. It is. I don't know this song, so <laughs> I should probably <laughs> look it up. <laughs> that's uh, why I always throw to you for this segment because yeah. I don't know this song. <laughs> That's the old Bay City Rollers. You're gonna have to, then maybe for oh, next week. Time. Next week we'll um we'll we'll do the. Uh, I think we tried it a few weeks ago and it didn't. It, it did and we failed work. miserably. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe, we should, maybe we shouldn't try it again. <laughs> but uh, surely it's it's um it's tickling the uh, feathers of uh of some listeners and viewers out there seeing us try and fail miserably. Mm. I wonder if there's any listeners out there that um are actually like I was gonna say tenors because that would be a very very small percentage if, if, <laughs> if not anyone. But if anyone sings out there, let us know. Because um, yeah. it might even get you to, to like maybe send in your rendition of, of yeah. Bye Bye Baby. Maybe that's what people can do. Send it to us in their DMs. 
Yeah. And then we'll actually play it. We'll include it, yeah. of course, in the other uh, podcast and podcast and get your, get your work out there. And uh, we might actually mime it. So we'll we'll pretend to sing it and we'll just use your voice. <laughs> there you go. Best of both worlds. But it is, of course, uh, the next segment, Bye Bye Baby. And uh, it's where we go through uh, the teams and uh, the notable mm. players that have the bye this coming round. So um, this week, Liam, we've got six teams on the bye. So let's delve into who's set to miss this week. Yes. Uh, so first up, we've got Adelaide and I guess the top four owned players for them are Jordan Dawson, Rory Laird, Joshua Shelley, and Max Michelini. Uh We've got Collingwood. Uh, no surprises, Nick Dacos, number one there. Tom Mitchell, Darcy Cameron, and Jordan Degui. And my mob's on the buys, so I will be enjoying a week off. Um I don't know. When your team's winning, it's kind of sad when you got to buy. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what, this is the weird feeling. I don't know what it's like. Especially especially uh, when you've had the momentum as well. Like Yeah, four, four wins in a row, I think. side as well in, in Carlton. Like it's easy beat. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to I build off. Three foot bottom floor sides in a row. Well, you virtually, um, yeah, you could say you virtually played the buy like on the weekend yeah. and now you're going into the buy. I wouldn't go that far. But anyway, uh, in terms of my mob, the most owned players, this surprises me. All the David Jr. still the most owned what? from the Dons. I would have thought it would be Zachy Merritt. Yeah. But Zachy Merritt is number two. I don't know. I didn't look at the percentages, so I don't know if it's only just a little bit. But yeah, just shocked. Uh, Sammy Draper, number three, and Jordan Ridley, uh, number four. What about? Jeez, even even Drapes as well. Like yeah, being Drape the third is most really owned. highly owned. Ridley would be the third most. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the Hawks, of course, having uh, their buy this week. And Sicily might get the jump on uh, most as well uh, because, of course, he may be rubbed out for uh, a few weeks. Uh, we have Seamus Mitchell, uh, the uh, Sicilian, Josh Weddle, and Will Day uh, for the Ds. Uh, Clary Oliver gets that extra week off uh, to recover from that infection. Uh, the track, Christian Petrarca, JVR, Van Ruin. And Brody Grundy, and then for the Eagles, oh, they're probably uh, looking forward to the buy. The poor crew there just got decimated by injuries, and they just they need someone to come back uh, from injury. So um, they've got Jimby out, uh, Chessa, Noah Long, and Oscar Allen in terms of the highest owned players. Um, we'll be, of course, touching on uh, I think in terms of the next segment where we go through trade options and whatnot. Uh, but just keep in mind in terms of you know the guys that are having the buy next week. Um, and these guys as well that are on the buy. So uh, there's probably a good chance all these guys here, such as like a Weddle, Seamus Mitchell, uh, Alwyn Davey Jr., like these cash cows that you could potentially trade on. So, Liam, let's do it. Let's delve into it in the next segment in The Price is Right. Show me the money. Yes, for those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is where we... Uh, we discussed the potential trades for this round, trade targets, who you're going to bring in, who you're going to dump, um, and even sometimes discuss whether a player uh, should even be traded at all. So we're going to kick off first with going, going, gone. And I'm going to handball this grenade to you, Damon. You're giving me the grenade? Gee whiz, yeah. I'm just hot potato. Can I pass it back to you? No, nah, the right. I'll I'll take it. I'll just throw it <laughs> over my shoulder. Don't know where it's gonna land. That's that's Sicily for you. When you pick yeah. him up, you just you don't know Seriously. what you're gonna get. I thought we were past this. I, I thought know. we were past this. It's been so I wonder good. if I wonder if I'm the curse because every time I own him, something goes wrong. Like he does something stupid 
But yeah, oh. you're totally right. I thought all this stupid, like Black is the captain. Yeah, exactly. Extra I mean, maturity. I mean, a tackle. Like, look, I'm going to be honest. The tackle is not hitting not that blokes bad. behind play. Yeah, yeah, it's not a wee bit harsh there. Uh, <laughs> but just, I thought his days of being suspended were over. Yeah, and I thought I thought he'd actually hit his peak when he uh, when he offended all of Tasmania uh, yes. with his comments. I yeah. thought that was it. I thought maybe that was the height of yeah. his stupidity. But then, of course, he uh, <laughs> ended up uh, collecting the oh. uh, the. The dude from oh. St Kilda High, and then yeah, with this this tackle, which again, it's an interesting one because well, I know there's the so much going is on a, in that as a dangerous tackle, but it's it's so unorthodox. He's literally lying on the ground. He's tackling the player down who's upright. He's been pushed to the ground. as well. He was pushed, pushed over by um, Bramble, like ran yeah. past. Uh, was just Brockman. Just a calamity. Was just like flying through the, the contest yeah, that's one as well. Sorry. Oh, there's just geez. there's a lot going on in that in that little sequence. You, you know what happened? Like Michael Christian, they give him a lot of shit, and he deserves it, mind you. But he like he would have seen this slide across his desk, and he would have been like, "I have no yeah. idea what to do." So he's going to handball it onto the tribunal, which pretty much emphasizes like it's virtually a defendant like in court. Before actually saying, I'm going to contest the charges, like, oh, no, 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 that's guilty. That's guilty. That's virtually what happens when mm. something is handed to the tribunal. So it doesn't bode well. But anyway, let's delve into it a little bit further. So Sicily, of course, he's priced at 649K, averaging a 113.4 with a break even of 68. And yes, he is on the buy. Um, to really start, he's uh, extended Fair buy enough. to come, no doubt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the extended holiday. So the question remains, what to do with James Sisley? So he's been booked for a dangerous tackle, as we mentioned, which left mm. him a cluggage, concussed, which also doesn't help, meaning the Sicilian finds himself with a date at the tribunal. Based on the current precedent, you'd expect that he gets you know, at least two, maybe three weeks. Um, Jordan Degari, of course, that was referred to the tribunal, ended up getting the three weeks. But um, yes, in this case here, hopefully it's minimized. Um, they can you know talk the whoever it is presiding over the case you know, uh, a bit over and, and say like, it's mm. fine. It's unorthodox. Like it's, it's, it's not yeah, like it's just too much other going tackles. On. Yeah. Just too much going on. So just blindfold, spin a wheel. Hopefully yeah. it lands on cleared and uh, get him off. But the question remains, do you hold or do you trade? So if you get three weeks, he's going to miss the next four matches given the buy is this weekend, which uh, is over a third of games for the rest of the season. So those games remaining for the rest of the season. So it's a fair chunk of rounds for him to miss, but you could argue that is slightly mitigated by the fact that two of those weeks are best 18 with the round 15 by a struggle already. So, I mean, with that in mind, can we afford to hold? Mm. It's, I mean, it's really difficult right now because we're just trying to figure out, we don't know what's happening. So we don't know, is he, yeah, is he, we don't know what he's going to get. Um, and I think that changed the equation. If he gets two weeks, one of which, so that he has basically three weeks off because he's got his buy, I still feel like he's a true. It's hard because he's also, he's averaging 113.4. We, mm. He scored a, like the recent, what, last three or four weeks, he's gone massive. He's clearly a top uh, defender, top six defender. Mm. You're trading him out now. You're he's six forty nine. You're probably not getting him back in. His break even sixty eight. Like trades, trades are dwindling as well. That's the other thing. Like yeah, a lot of, that's what I'm almost now. thinking about holding him. Yeah, a lot of lot of teams have used the uh, like pre buys and especially the buys to really cement and finalize their teams. 
So coming out of the buys, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people, like in my case, I'm probably going to have about four to five trades coming out of the buys. And that's probably even with uh, one spot remaining, which I might even keep for say a Mills. Um, yeah. But I think even then, like there, there are teams that I've seen that are down to three trades, four trades. And if you have to trade at Sicily, you're using virtually one of those injury reserve trades on Sicily. So I guess in doing so, you're bargaining on having less, you know, trades for for injuries that crop up, um, or you forego one of the uh, luxury trades, or even forego going full primo. Um, yeah, because you're going to be one trade less uh, if you're in. So in my case, and you've got one player left to upgrade, or one rookie left to upgrade, or mid pricer. Um, do you forego going for the the primo if you need to trade out of Sicily? I don't know. It's all I can say is I'm glad I didn't trade out Sheasel. Like I feel oh, like yeah. if you traded out Sheasel and Sicily's now banned for three, four weeks. Yep. Like, oh, that's rough. Because it's you'd have I if 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 you've traded out Sheasel, I'd almost say you'd probably have to hold Sicily mm. now. And it probably comes down to as well, um, like at the moment, I've got Whittle in defense. Do you have someone like if if you have a Weddle or um, yeah, a Seamus Mitchell, for example? Yeah, I mean plays obviously for Hawks as well. Um, playing in defence, you know that they're going to keep playing. Could you afford to play those guys over, say, if you miss three weeks over a three week period? If they like, for example, Weddle is averaging seventy, um, Seamus Mitchell um, the same, just under. I think he's averaging 67. yeah, just under sixty seven point five. Yeah, Sicily, his average over the course of the season is one thirteen, so that's a swing of what forty. If you say seventy, that's a swing of forty three points. Um, yeah, extrapolate three, over three weeks, hundred twenty bucks, hundred twenty, yeah, about hundred twenty, yeah, hundred thirty. Yeah. So, is it worth holding in that case? Like, is a trade worth one hundred and thirty mm. points? Because I mean, that's going by the like. That's a good well, point. If you, if you're trading Sicily, to it also depends who you're trading him to. Yeah. Mm. You'd be bargaining on the primo averaging as much as what Sicily is. I mean, he's he's actually scoring well above his average. To be fair, Sicily. Yeah. Um. You know, he's 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 been scoring 130 odd, 172 in round 11. Oh. But um, he's kind of been going above and beyond other primos in defence anyway. Probably apart from Stewart. Um, Stewart's probably been the closest. Dawson's been down on form, so you can't use him as a barometer. Sinclair's been up and down. Um, and everyone's well, Sicily's, Dacos, so Sicily's three round average is one forty seven point three. Mm. The next best is is one thirty seven with Caleb Daniel, and then the next best is Nick Dacos at one twenty one. So, to an extent, if you're tr- like even if we go five round, Sic- uh, Sicily's one twenty seven. Next best is one eighteen with Nick Dacos. Uh, Tom Stewart one fourteen. I think what I'm trying to say is, sorry, James Sicily is obviously scoring massively in recent weeks. Um, we have to rule no him out, him. but no one else is matching him really. The yeah. next best is really, yeah, Nick Dacos, who most people have, Tom Stewart, who most oh, not actually not Tom Stewart's only in 24.9% of teams. So if that's the next best, and Daniel's and a pod, yeah, <laughs> Daniel's a pod, yeah, 4.9%. Yeah. So I'm basically ruling him out. He's 615k, no one will be trading him in mm. at that price unless you're trading him from Sicily. But then it's really pods after that. It's Mason Redmond at 5.4%, uh, Bailey Dale 
And these guys are averaging 110 and 108. So I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, don't compare him to Sicily. I think I'd be comparing him to other guys that you'd be trading in. Um, no one's really going that Sicily level, really. So you're probably not missing out on quite as many points over those three weeks. Yeah. And like, I guess you're going to be fully impacted in around 15, obviously, but a lot of people are going to be impacted by around 15, regardless. Like yeah. I think a lot of people will be struggling to field 18 unless you're using all three of your trades. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I think for me, I'm, I'm actually thinking of like longer term, maybe taking a little bit of a hit. I was lucky enough and you were as well uh, to avoid Clary. I was very close to holding Clary. And if that was the case, I would have been without him for what, four weeks. So I, I think potentially have like, I'm just shooting myself in the foot, looking at it from that perspective, like I've dodged a bullet, but if everyone trades out Sicily, imagine how much of a, a really, really nice pot he's going to be with his current high scoring that you'd say he's going to return when he returns. Mm. Like it's going to be in terms of primo pods, like that's a guy that, and as you, as we say that a lot of people won't have the trades to afford to bring him back in. And similar to like those people that traded out Clary, unless you're jumping on like a cash cow, like a Briggs, who there's not going to be another one from here on out. So a lot of people will be trading either sideways or downgrading to a rookie and then using an excess ca excess cash to, or a mid price or whatever, or a lower primo and using the excess cash to then upgrade a mid pricer. So they won't have any reserve in the bank in order to bring Sicily back in. So <clears throat> I think if you're holding him, you're going to be in a pretty fortunate position. I think like the positive mm. positives from that almost outweigh the negative of holding him. I think. Yeah. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I would hold him. Like, I, I really do think it's worth if holding you can. him. If you can. If you can. If you can, of course. But yeah. Right. I, it's a tough one. Sorry, it's a really tough one. I, um, I wonder as well that if, you know, using, for example, like Himmelberg, who we'll, um, we'll speak of shortly yeah. as well, if you wanted to trade someone like a, a Weddle to... Um, actually, no, it won't work because he's got the round 15 buy. But, you know, coming out of round 15, if you wanted to upgrade, like point being the price difference between Weddle at the moment and Himmelberg is 35 grand, roughly thereabouts. Yeah, so if you had an extra slightly. 35, yeah. yeah, it'll grow up as well. Yeah, because Himmelberg, you've just got a low break even. But using him as an example, like you could upgrade a Weddle to Himmelberg, have Himmelberg play and know that he's going to score... Mm. Not not similar to Sicily, but I mean but closer than a Weddle you'd expect. Closer yeah. to a to a hundred every week compared to a Weddle yeah. um as cover. So mm, something it's, to think about. It, that's it, maybe it, something that I'm thinking about of doing. Yeah. No, I don't mind that. Uh I don't mind that at all. It's it's a it's a really tough one, like in yeah. full honesty. It's I I wish there was a simple answer. Yeah. Um yeah. like it seems wrong knowing that he's probably going to miss the next four matches. And as we said, a third of the season remaining. Um, and you're saying, hold him. Yeah. Um, like but not, having said that as well, like. You're going to be like, oh, if they miss two, like probably not this stage, but if they, once you start getting to sort of three, four, even five weeks, if they miss one game, you kind of like trade them out because that's a fifth of the season yeah. remaining. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's tough. But then for those people that held Clary as well, that's turned out to four. Like, I mean, discounting yeah. the, the the weeks remaining it's still the same amount of time it's four weeks um four weeks is that right 
Yeah, four weeks plus it's three plus the buy. Yeah. So like it's gonna be a similar time span to those people that they didn't know, like holding Clara, they didn't have to hold him for that long. Um, or at least ha- have him be out of the side for that long. But um yeah, he's been out since round round yeah, ten. So, he yeah. lost played, so yeah. And he won't be, be playing until round fifteen. Yeah, so yeah. that's four so, four matches. Four matches. So you can look at it from that perspective as well, which I might try and do. Um, but again, goes goes down to to what you're trying to do. Like if you're in head to head matches in cash leagues, all that sort of stuff, yeah. probably better to to trade him. Um, but if you're going for overall, I don't mind the strategy of keeping him. But again, yeah, comes down to where you are. Number of trades you've got. If you've got excess trades, trade him out for sure. I think hundred percent. If you're dwindling on trade trade numbers, I think I'd have to like almost forego my upgrade plans if I was to trade out Sicily, because it's going to throw everything out. It means I'm going to have one trade less in order to, you know, to bring in almost a full primo side. And I'm looking to maybe potentially bring in a, you know, an M, uh, M9 F7 type player, like a Fife um, yeah. or someone of that ilk. So I don't know. Something to think about though, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Good discussion. Good discussion. <laughs> Let's. Yeah. So I, I feel like <laughs> I'll draw that. It's kind of, it's a tough one, I think, to do to know until we see find out how long he's got he's out for. Mm. Let's let's cross that bridge. Yeah, um, I'll discuss it next week, and then yeah, maybe discuss it a bit more next week as well, or even later in the week. But I think mm. for me personally, I think I'm looking to hold him um, at this stage. Yep, yeah, I'm the same. I think as well. I think trades wise, I think it makes the most sense, and I just don't think you can get him back in. Um, and I think the likes of a Weddle or a or a Mitchell, or even as you said, trading one of those two guys to uh, Himmelberg, that's going to net me more points overall. Uh, not net me over more points overall, but it'll it'll hopefully give me enough points uh, to make to justify it. And then Sicily comes back in, and then you know kills it. I think it could actually work, like in my case as well. Um, like if I. Because I've, I've, and for those people that are in my situation as well, if you've got Dawson, who, you know, ideally you'd have in defense, but I've got him in the midfield at the moment. Oh, sorry, switching to the midfield at the moment with, you know, buy structures and stuff. But I could always forego Swing. having Dawson yeah. back into defense, have him permanently in the midfield, and then yeah. upgrading Weddle to Himmelberg as if, like, that's an upgrade. And yeah. then we having him, him forward potentially later if you need Yeah, him exactly. To. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Yeah, have Dawson go back into defense for the time being while Sicily's out. And then because guys like Johnson as well, who have been scoring quite well, yeah, I think that'll probably continue given the amount of opportunity that he's had and he's been taken up by the scruff of the neck. If you have someone scoring as well as that, um, touching yeah. the 100 mark as well, that that's definitely going to help. But um, And that's the thing as well. I think it, if you can move players around, it's not necessarily Weddle or Mitchell who you're talking about. It could be a Johnson versus a Sicily. Yeah. Um, mm across your whole field, you know, it's just tough. It's not yep. what we need. <laughs> no, exactly. It's not what we need. But uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the next guy on the trade out list. And I feel like this is now a bad time to mention this player. Seamus Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't have Sicily, feel free to trade him out. Defender forward. Yep. 322.7K, averaging 67.5 with a break even of 44. And he is in the trade category pretty much purely on the basis that he has the buy this week. 
Uh, he's made 198.8K, so he's more than done his job. But as we said, if you've got Sicily, he may be one to to hold for the for the time being. Uh, you could potentially hold as well. Probably going to eke out some more cash because uh, his break-even is 44 and his average is 67.5. But uh, if you can get him to a full primo, this is the week to do it. But if you can't because you've got Sicily, hold him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hold him, yeah. Well, that's a thing like that he's coming – back round 15 anyway so yeah it's going to be he's going to help you around 15 yeah unless of course you're upgrading to a primo that's playing around 15 then it makes sense because if you're trading to someone like a himmelberg at the moment for example um who again we'll chat about shortly um he's only going to play this week and then have the round 15 buy so uh you've got to take that into account as well if it's going to throw out your buy structure for round 15 I would hold off on getting someone like a Himmelberg, um, but we'll delve into that in a little bit more detail in a moment. So yeah. let's jump into his teammate, actually, Josh Weddle, the Weedle, the Pokemon. The Weedle. Uh, defender is priced at 339.8K, averaging a 70.1 with a break-even of 39, of course, on the buy. In the same boat as uh, as Seamus, the Weedle finds himself in this category based on his buy this round. So he's made 209K and is ripe for the picking. But if you want to hold, however, Weddle is probably the one to keep with a marginally lower break-even, though the two are much of a muchness in terms of recent scores and averages. It's, it's amazing. Like they've been yeah, they're actually matching each other similar. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's um, quite strange. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I think I'll be looking to, to, to use one of these guys as a bit of a... Um, uh, either a stepping stone to a primo or a bit of a, um, you know, cash in the old uh, fat and cash cow um, to upgrade elsewhere. So um, fortunate, I think Mitchell between those two, just because he's got that defensive forward eligibility and he's on the opposite line to Sheasel, he provides a bit more use for me, I think, compared to Weddle, even though I love Weddle, love watching him play, awesome young player. Yeah. Um, likewise, Seamus, of course, with, the, with a name like Seamus, he actually not be, even though you're not Irish, you're not an Irish <laughs> name. Um, but yeah, one of those two, I think, uh, you could definitely use to cash in if, uh, if you don't need them for round 15. Definitely. Um, I agree entirely. And obviously keep them in mind with the Sicily situation as well. Uh, moving on, we've also got Will Ashcroft, who's mid eligible 425.4 K averaging 79.6 with a break even of 116. And he has the buy in round. No, he's already had this buy, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. First buy round. First buy. What have I done here? Done myself a mischief. <laughs> uh, his break even has risen up to 116, so he is right for the picking. Uh, but there is one thing to keep in mind. Despite that 116 average, you might want to keep him because he plays this week at the Gabba, and we all know that he loves to playing at the Gabba, and he averages 100.8 there this season. Yo, Gabba Gabba. So you could keep him. If you're struggling to field 18 this week in particular – uh, you could look to keep him. Uh, but also by moving him on now, you're probably going to be maximizing your cash gen because um, he is at 425.4K. So easy sort of upgrade option from another mid if you can find one that you like. Otherwise, you could hold him for the next two weeks to help you cover this week and then next week and then move him on. But you're probably going to sacrifice a little bit of cash there. Um, yeah. But... It might work out in terms of points as well, if that's what suits you. And just touching on that point further as well about his favorable form and scoreline at the Gabba, as opposed to when he's interstate. Uh, what's that? Four of his next six games are at the Gabba. Yeah. 
So there's a chance there that uh, that form line, the favourable form line at Zigaba might continue. Yes. Um, also plays West Coast in amongst those six games, but a bit of a mixed bag there. Um, Sydney up next at Zigaba. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely one that might be able to help you out considering he has already had his buy. Uh, let's move on to the next category, and it is on the chopping block, and it is Jacob Van Ruin uh, forward, priced at 328k, and he's on the buy this week. So despite facing the buy, <laughs> JVR is one you could hold. His break-even of just 19 means he's got cash to make post-buy, but if you need, if you are in need of some quick cash, I think move him on this week, uh, probably smart play, to help fund and upgrade elsewhere. Yes. Now let's move on to the fun part, the get them in. So these are some guys that you might consider to trade in this week. Uh, first up, and it should come as no surprise, you've got Tommy Stewart, 593.5K, averaging 110.5, break even of 79, and he is coming off the buy. And if you haven't got the Tomcat, it is time to get him in. He has an average of 110.5, uh, which includes his injury-affected 18 in round one. Um, so if we account for that, his average actually increases to 119.8. So he'll be a top six defender by season's end. So do yourself a favor and bring him in. You'd think at this stage with a break even of 79 and with six games in the home and the run home at DMHBA Stadium, he's going to be, this will be the cheapest he's going to be for a while, you'd expect. Yep. Super, super bargain. Uh, biggest bargain out there, I think. And yeah, one of the few primos, I think, that's going to be a guaranteed top liner in his position um, for him in defense. So jump on him if you can. Uh, next up, we have Jackie Sinclair. And this guy is a familiar name. Uh, said his name mm. a few times, I think. Uh, defender, he's priced at 552.8K, averaging 102.3 with a break-even of 125. And uh, like the Tomcat, has had his buy. So uh, that's a bit of a bonus. But yes, I feel like we've spoken about this bloke in as a, you know, as a bit yeah. of a trading candidate on, you know, at least five separate occasions in recent weeks. And that's probably because we have, but uh, he once again, and repetitious again, but he, he does once again present as a sound upgrade option for those in need of a defender. And for those, especially that have Tom Stewart already, the key here is Sings has had his buy and will be available for the next two troublesome buy weeks for valuable cover. And in recent weeks, he's gone 160, 71, and 125. But those two high scores came when he spent less than 25% of time in the midfield where he's uh, he's been sort of weighing up his time between that defense. But he's been spending more time off halfback uh, in those games where yes. it reduces his ceiling scores. So hopefully that continues. And must say, just uh, looking at the weekend, Winhager came into the side and his inclusion meant that there was less CBAs to go around. So if he can keep his spot, it'll go some way to ensuring Sinks remains in defense and can produce more high quality scores like he has in recent weeks. Glad I've brought him in now. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Andy Brayshaw, mid-eligible, 595.1K, averaging 103.6, break-even of 111, and he has had his buy. And we spoke about him last week. And the advice remains the same for Andy here. If you're looking for a mid that's had their buy, he's one to get in. His three-round average of 122.7 and his five-round average of 121 are pretty consistent. So he's showing much more consistency than what we saw at the start of the year where, well, he was probably consistently not great scoring at the start of the year, but now we're seeing some more consistent good scoring, which is what we like to see. <laughs> so four of his last five scores have been 107 plus. He's dropped below 100 just once. 
in that time period for a score of 88 and all of his other scores have been 107 or higher. So decent scoring. Um, he does have that break even of 111. So you could hold off. Um, but considering he does have that 122 break, uh, 122.73 round average, you'd think that he might make it um, and go up in price. So get him at sub 600K. Yep. Very, very nice bargain there. And speaking of bargains, this guy, look no further uh, at the moment anyway. Thor, Harry Himmelberg. He has not been the Hindenburg as we saw last year. We all remember this name. He is yep. a defender forward. He's priced at the moment 374.7K. So uh, quite the bargain. Averaging just a 69.2, but but mm. that's just hold right there. Nice here here. Out. What are we talking yeah, about? Exactly. Break even of 26 and has the round 15 buy. So interesting. Interesting why we bring him up. But Thor looks to be back to his juicy decept <laughs> and rebounding role in defense that we all know and loved in the back part of 2022, having scored 88 and 103 in that role over the past two weeks. He's back. He's back, baby. He's back. Prior to that, he was averaging a 63.9. <laughs> so it comes as no surprise, a shift to this favorable role will reap dividends, knowing the scores he delivered us in this round role in 2022. So there's a little bit of a slight worry, I guess, that he could revert back to the forward role, or at least as a swing man, given Sam Taylor, he's on the verge of a return from injury in at least one to two weeks. However, the head coach has given Himmelberg a nice endorsement. And I quote, so this is Adam Kingsley, of course, we trialed him in the first 10 to 11 games as a forward, but I think his best position is half back. He's going to be really special back for us for a long, he's going to be a really special back for us for a long period of time. Couldn't get any better than that. Mm. What an endorsement. But mm. however, due to his buy, he is a tough one to bring in yeah. given that dreaded round 15 buy. So unless you really have ample cover around 15, which I don't think anyone does, it's probably worth forking out the extra 20 to 30 K. He could rise in price instead of instead of eating a potential donut in the last buy round if you bring him in now. So yeah. I think um, in terms of that, and it's similar to, I guess, uh, Key's, uh, on the weekend, um, he's someone that we won't touch on this week, but will next week because Keys has the buy this coming round. So it would have been a bit silly to bring him in uh, on the weekend if you really threw out your buy structure for this coming week. So keep an eye exactly. on Himmelberg. But at the moment, all signs are looking, looking good. I don't know. Can we trust Adam Kingsley? We normally can't trust a GWS coach. So True, true. There was no, uh, a PTSD. Leon. I don't talk about him. <laughs> We all know who I'm referring to. Not yeah. Neon Leon, not the Mercurial Forward for Collingwood. This is this is a different Leon. Leon the Moron. I can, but uh <laughs> no, Harry Hilberg, I like it. I like it. I'm looking at getting him in uh that price. Pure juice. Pure juice, pure forward juice. Um <laughs> Uh, moving on to Nat 5, uh, mid-forward eligible, we'll talking about another Thor, 275.9K, averaging 48.2, while we're talking about him, with a break-even of minus three, and he's also had his buy, thankfully. He's gone up 31.7K, following a 96 on the weekend, and a season-high for 54% CBAs. Yes, let's talk about him. It no. sounds good in theory, but... <laughs> <laughs> he only scored 67 and 49 in the two round prior when he had 46% and 42% CBAs. So was this a weekend stark rise in score more due to a favorable matchup against Richmond who have of course been conceding bulk points to opposition mids in recent weeks when it does come to five, I'm ready to be heard again. 
Uh, we've been burnt no. multiple times. No, I'm really, I'm not. Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> on the on the dickhead who started with multiple <laughs> <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. You're I'm having flashbacks as you're reading through this, oh. and you're talking me around. Come on, there's going to be an across the jetty. But as we as we all say, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. <laughs> That's completely the wrong way around as well. <laughs> <laughs> and is it and then it's like George Bush where he says, Fool me three times, a food man can't get fooled again. <laughs> so that's that's literally me. I'm oh, actually because I had him I started with him at the start of the season. And if I bring him in now, it's gonna be Shame on fool him. me twice. Shame on me. Nah, shame on him. Shame on him. He shame on him. Let yeah, you, shame on let him. Let you down. No, no. Exactly. Oh, Nah, let him in. Get him in. Get him in. With increased playing time and knowing Fife's injury history, and of course being in the twilight of his career, it's only a matter of time before he once again goes down with injury. And remember, he's already been injured earlier this season when he was out multiple weeks with a plantar fascia oh, wow. issue. And also, just like think about the timing of it. You're doing it when you've got not many trades left. Mm, You're doing yep. it when... Uh, probably being out is going to hurt you the most, like yep. in a final potentially in, um, you know, trying to just get to finals as well. It's a risk. Mm. It's a risk. Uh, it is high risk, but it could be high reward as a trade-in though. And uh, he could provide nice cover off the bench, I guess. There's an M9, F7, he's got that DPP. But yeah, with most trades, most players having trades dwindling coming into the buys or coming out of the buys, it is worth, is it worth the risk? I say yes. Um, no, I don't. Joking. I, I reckon I you could go for him. Because I, think, uh, I've, I started with him. and I should end with him. You should end with him. Exactly. And just have to go full circle. Can you trade him in the same time so that we can make sure he scores all right? He'll score, no. he'll score shit together. This is the thing. I feel like we're going to talk about another guy on the list and he's 20, just under 20 K more expensive, but I feel like there's more upside on this next guy. Mm. And yep. that's why I'd probably bypass five at this stage. Yeah. There's just, there's just way too much. Like I know, I know some people will be, as you mentioned there, bringing him in as more bench cover slash, you know, someone that they could try and loop the score yeah. off the bench. Um which is all fine in theory, but as you mentioned as well there, like coming out of buyers, people don't have the trades to afford. Like fair enough, it's not going to hurt you as much if he gets injured, but it means there's going to be a floating donut on your bench. And a lot of cash. And yeah, and there's a lot of cash there that you've got tied up on the bench that you can't do anything with. Yeah. Um, And then throwing into the mix as well, the fact that if you've got Sicily, like who do you prioritize? Do you bring Fife in and then don't worry about Sicily or do you trade, like can you afford to trade both? And then if Fife gets injured, like you're kind of up shit creek. I think I agree with you. I'd prefer to go for the next guy that we're going to mention or even someone that I don't even think we've uh, we've touched on or we will touch on, but I will briefly hear. And it's someone that you've already got. And he's uh, he's a bit of a warlord. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see a point. Wardlaw. Um, yeah. Just because I know he's going to be playing week in, week out. He's yeah. starting to hit his straps, um, getting bulk CBAs. Um, he's virtually what is that? Two sixty Wardlaw. Two sixty. So he's so he's fifteen k cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. Um, sure, he hasn't got the DPP swing, but negative eight break even 
um, if you wanted to ride him, I guess, as a cash cow, not that I would, but it's just for season long cover, having someone that you know is going to play week in, week out, get opportunity, get CBAs. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm probably consider him ahead yeah. of five, but this next guy who also happens to be his teammate of yes. the Warlord. Who is it? Let's touch him. It is Taron Thomas. So he is a mid forward. Price at 295.7K, averaging a 100.5 with a break-even of negative 29. And he has the round 15 buy. So that's the only downside, I guess. Mm. But having played his second game for the season, Thomas's price is about to skyrocket with his break-even at negative 29 with scores of 89 and 112. So since returning to the side, he has had 51% and 62% CBAs. But be wary of his scoring as on the weekend, he managed three goals, which will, of course, inflate his score, uh, his heat map also shows that he's played primarily through the middle and forward of center, meaning there could be a risk that he gets played forward more deeply more. Uh, is that an awkward price, but could be a great pickup to play as your F6, F7. Uh, he obviously won't finish the season as a top six forward on overall score, but could on average. So one for those that like to take a risk. Um so yeah, he's, he's definitely someone to uh, to keep in mind, but also probably should mention it in the same breath as um, the Warlord. North have quite a few injuries in the midfield at the moment. LDU. Yeah, that's um, the concern. Who's the Huntington's other dude? Cunnington's out. Cunnington, uh, the other guy. Uh, Simkin. Simkin, no. that's one. Simkin, yep. but Simkin yeah, was concussion, up. wasn't it? Yeah, concussion was Simkin. He was listed as one to two yeah. weeks. Greenwood as well had a concussion. That's um, the one. Greenwood so was out. Yeah. That's the risk, I think. That's the concern I'd have. Thomas might be on the way out, being able to play that forward role. Um, and, of course, you'd prefer LDU over Thomas in the yeah. midfield. So, yeah, I feel like there's a similar risk. For f- it's, I feel like it's less risky with Thomas over five, but the risk is different. The risk yeah, is less. The risk is probably poorer score with Thomas, whereas I'd say five is more. Well, five could also get put, pushed forward as well. Mm. Um but five, I'd probably be more concerned about his injury history. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the big risks there are like Fife's injury history and Taron Thomas is more role. Yeah. So I think you prefer to go for the guy that's not going to get injured more likely than not. Yeah. Um, and sort of, you know, take a bit of a haircut, I guess, in terms of the scoreline, if he does get pushed forward. Especially being going to play him off CBS. the bench. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Spot on. Agree with that. Now moving on to the next guy. And it's a bit of a pod because I think we should start including mm. some more pods in the yeah. Uh, this the episodes as, uh, as we get to this point, yeah. And it is Nasaya Wanganin Malira. He is mid forward, elig- uh, sorry, mid defender eligible, 461.6K, averaging 80.8 with a break even of 49. And of course, has also had his buy. So he, as a pod option for you, Nasaya has piqued the interest uh, with a three round average of 110.7 and three scores of 100 plus in his last three games. His rise in scoring has really come from the back of an increase in his disposals. He's had 29, 25, and 30 in his last three, and he has maintained a lion's share of the kick-ins for the Saints. He's sitting in just 2% of teams. He is a risk, um, but could be a nice way to help you climb up in the ranks by getting on someone who is um, on the up, but also uh, low ownership. Something to factor in at this time of the year for sure. Get yourself an edge. Super coach edge. So let's move on to the next guy. And it is Josh Fahey. Josh Fahey. Uh, as a defender midfielder, he is priced 126.7K, averaging a 26 with a break-even of two. So Fahey finally came in to play a full game on the weekend after two weeks as the sub. 
And he mm. scored 54 from a full game. Actually looked pretty good up until halftime, I must admit. Wasn't too bad. I think he was on around about 40-odd and then just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. But uh, his job security does look shaky as it took him two games to get the call up into the starting side. One to consider, though, if he'll be you know just primarily on your bench, um, more so than cover than anything, but definitely not a must-have because, again, it's hard to read into his long-term job security and scoring ability as well. Yep, agreed. And just, uh, I guess, just forecasting to next week, uh, there's going to be some more options that we're going to be discussing, so just keep them in mind while you do make your trades this week. And we're going to be talking about, uh, of course, Clary Oliver, Maxi Gorn, Ben Keys, Jordan Ridley, Elliot Yo, and I've been chucking a, a pod in there, like Nick Martin. We'll, uh, yeah, people won't be to about say, him talk about him about later. Yep, absolutely. But let's jump on to the bubble, Damon Rookies. Yes, are, uh, first up. Not many. Yeah, it's not many at all. This time of year, it's, it's getting less and less because I think yeah. people aren't really looking for rookies anyway. So um, I guess the you kind of what you're looking for is someone with a bit of assurance, someone that's going to play, um, mm. you know, just give you a bit of cover. But uh, first up, we have a Lewis Malikin, the Pelican uh, defender. That's his, his official name. Uh, 172.3K, averaging a 69.5 with a break-even of negative 39. So the key defender for the Swans has come into plug holes in their decimated backline. And at 172.3K, he comes at a premium, but the current rookie stocks are low with scores of 87.52 is a solid bench cover and should help make some decent cash. He's projected for a 43.8K increase this week alone with a score of 58. So he's one to consider, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'm sold on him uh, in terms of, you know, rookies that are assured of uh, job security. Um what Rampy came back in and played on the weekend. Yeah, pushed um, Lloyd up to a wing as well. Yeah, Tom McCartan still yet to return for yep. memory as well. Yeah. Um. So someone's gonna have to make way. So I'm a little bit yeah. weary that he's gonna keep his spot long term. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, moving on to the next guy on the list, and it is our favorite Oishin. Oh, Oishin sauce. Oishin Mullen. I think it's Oishin. Oishin. Oh, I'm gonna get it right one day. Oshin, 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 defender eligible, 102.4k, love it, averaging 45.5 with a break-even of minus 32, and he is coming off the bye, and uh, we'll want to make sure that the uh, Gaelic Nick Dacos is named in the side. He's got big wraps, uh, but can we trust Chris Scott? Probably not. Nope. Uh You'd think he'd be given a chance, but with a slew of players to return for the Cats in the coming weeks, and probably even as soon as this week, I'm not so sure that he can... Uh, I'm not sure that we can be sure, I guess, that he'll be able to hold his spot. But at the bargain basement price, uh, he could be one to consider because he's going to free up a max cash for you uh, from a from a rookie downgrade. Yep, 100%. And speaking of not trusting Chris Scott, I think you can extend that now to his brother, Brad Scott. On the weekend, I think this is the, the maybe the third consecutive oh, week that he's time. pulled a late change and like changed the uh, the sub. Yeah, like Dan Brosio, like poor bloke, like just come on, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Like Phillips, do you really need like you could have got away with just Draper playing up against TDK? Um, yeah, amazing, incredible, incredible scenes. Apparently, it's a change. They changed the rules. So I was reading into this because I was like, why are they doing this? So apparently the AFL put out a a thing saying that uh, clubs can, basically you should expect that your whole, the emergencies are classified as, it's like a squad 
until the final teams are, are named. Like, and when they say final teams, it's like the hour before. So any player can be subbed from the 20, uh, from the 20, what is it? 25? Is it three subs? Oh, 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, sorry, three emergencies. Yeah, I think it's any player from the 25 can be named as the sub. It's just um, a weird thing. I don't quite get why they made the change mid-season as well. Why Why don't they just have it, like the sub is named on, on like, a like team sheets? Thursday night, yeah. Like I know it came down to like the the gripe that the AFL had with champion data and they refused to update their software to allow for it. Like that was the main reason why. Um, and that was part of the reason why uh, like guys that they were, they wanted to list as a sub, they couldn't. And they had to list them as omitted. Like they had to omit the player because they yeah. were named as a sub and couldn't be named in the starting team. Fucking so dumb. Yeah, anyway, ridiculous. Uh, in terms of other rookies in the horizon, again, it just gets slimmer and slimmer. But next week, we've got the Harvey Harrison of the Pies, 123.9K, has held out um, Genevan at the moment. So um, it's played quite well, done well. So uh, who knows? Keep an eye on him. Mm. But uh, in a rampage in Collingwood side, mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But Liam, next up, it's your what turn. Is it? is it my turn? It is your turn. Yeah. So those famous words. Toot, toot. I am the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. That that had a bit of everything, that one. That was, <laughs> yeah, did, that was just a just a lifeless toot toot. Like there was there was no there was no personality in that. It was just, well, it bland. Was just it's just like a, a normal boat. Like it's just I didn't, no, no, but, I didn't, but it has I didn't like take a, out like a, I didn't take out like a luxury cruiser or anything. It was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's how we can change it from week to week. Like that was just two, two. Mine's going to be like a cruise line, like a, Oh, oh. <laughs> I've probably like woken up my wife. Apologies. Um, <laughs> she's gonna stick a... her head through. Like, don't <laughs> worry. I've just parked the boat out the front. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> a luxury yacht. Yacht. Yachts wouldn't have a horn. What am I saying? Anyway, yeah, over to you. you're, you're the captain. Yacht? You're, you're the captain now. Yachts can have horns <laughs> if they want. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> and I'm the captain now. We chat about our VC and C options uh, for the coming upcoming round of Supercoach. We also, yeah, we've always, we always scrounge through the data and we find the best options for you to consider. And we are just, yeah, have our little captaincy head to head. Hence why I am wearing the captain's hat this round. Uh, I'm going to take it off because it's weird wearing two hats at once. Uh Jumping in with the vice captaincy options on Thursday night, we've got Port Adelaide up against Geelong at Adelaide Oval at 7.40 p.m. Um, AEST time. Zach Butters, first up. He's got an average of 80 in his last four games against the Cats with scores of 118, 106, 53, and 43. But we all know what he has been doing in recent weeks. Mm. But I think we can probably ignore that recent form line. Uh, against the Cats, considering it has been one, two, three, four, five, six weeks of consecutive tons for uh, for Butters, uh, with his lowest score being 104 and 105, and then his next lowest, 118, 125, 139, and then the massive 184. So definitely one to consider for your captaincy this week. Ah, oh, geez, I can pass him. But if you were to look past him, 
You mm. could look at Connor Rosie, his teammate, who has an average of 88.5 in his last four games against the Cats with scores of 46, 91, 126, and a 91. And likewise, he's uh, in his past uh, six games, he's uh, scored a ton in five of the six. Um, so he's been uh, been up there, not uh, as high a scores as, uh, as his teammate yeah. in in Butters. That's me. Um, but he's an option. He's an option nonetheless. Yes. Uh, And also in that game, on the other side of the field, we've got Tommy Stewart. He's got an average of 112.75 in his last four against the Power with scores of 122, 130, 103, and 96. But we should note that Port do give away the least points to defenders, so maybe one to steer clear of this week. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to the next game, and it is the Lions up against the Swans on Friday at 7.50 p.m., at the Gabba. And first up, we have Lockie Neal, who has an average of 106.75. It's very specific. In his four games against the Swans with scores of 187, 77, 55, and 108. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's due for a bounce back after the weekend when we all brought him in and he was just absolutely flat as a shit Carter's hat. So, um, yeah, we uh, cross our fingers and uh, hope for the best. Yes, and uh, also on the, in that game, we've got Josh Dunkley averaging 99 in his last four against the Swannies with scores of 129, 62, 98, and 107. But we all know that, I mean, seriously, in his last three games, he's gone 153, 146, and 148. So he is in some very good form. Get on him. Yep, get, get on, him. on him. And I mean, in his last five, he's gone 149, 103, 153, 146, and 148. So only the 103 sort of below standard, for want of a better term. Yes. Yeah, he's hit his chops at the right time. And I think he kicked his first goal on the weekend as well uh, in Lions colours. So about time, because he was a massive goal yeah, scorer wow. when he was at the uh, at the Dogs. So I was surprised to see when I was watching it and all the players were getting around him. I'm like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, you're right. Like, very, very strange. So um, yeah. A couple of behinds, but no goals, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's uh, if he starts kicking more goals, geez, his ceiling's going to go through the ceiling. going to go through the ceiling. Anyway, let's go move on to the next game, and it made no sense. Uh, the Giants up against Frio on Saturday at four thirty-five PM at Giants Stadium. And first up, we have Tom Green, and he has an average of seventy-five in his last two games against Frio, with scores of ninety-two and fifty-eight. One thing to keep in mind with Tom Green is he's scoring on the weekend. wasn't too good. Wasn't too good. I think it was what a seventy-seven from memory. Yes, haven't had um, a great couple of weeks. Yeah, she hasn't turned up in these past three weeks. Um, and been, I guess, softest matchups like North on the weekend. Prior to that, it was Richmond who give away bulk points to mids in recent times. Um, yeah, so kind of on a bit of a uh, downward trend at the moment. But who knows? Maybe this is the week for him to uh, push beyond the limit and uh, surprise. Would definitely be a pot option, that's for sure. But could you take the risk? Yeah, I think Freya give away the fourth most points to inside mid, so Matt might help him, but tough, tough. Uh, Moving on on the other side of the field, we've got Caleb Sarong. He's an average of uh, 82.33 in his last three games against the Giants with scores of 193 and 54. But I think we can discount that considering we know uh, we've seen, we've seen what he can do in recent weeks. Uh, with scores of uh, 108, 135, 120, 105 in, of, as three of his last four, uh, four games. Mm, geez, he's uh, in good form. In good form. Yep. Good trading <laughs> candidate as well. 
likewise, this guy, uh, Andy Brayshaw, has an average of 111.75 in his last four games against the Giants with scores of 95, 105, 132, and 115. So definitely stands out historically uh, against this mob uh, in the Giants. Yep, and going at, I think, a three and five round average around that 120 mark. So could be in for a good one. Now let's move over to the captaincy options. And first up, we've got Richmond v. St. Kilda, Saturday at 7.35 p.m. at the MCG. And we've got Timmy Taranto. He's got an average of 82.75 in his last four against the Saints with scores of 63, 107, 65, and 96. But again, I mean, 136 on the weekend against Freo, 111 in round 12 against GWS, 147 against Port, and 118 against the Dons in round 10. He's in some good form. Um, could be one to one to consider. Yep, 100%. Definitely in AFL, for those people that play AFL Fantasy as well, like he's he's killing it week in, week out. He's just a captaincy option week in uh, and week out. Um, next up, we have Jack Sinclair averages an 83.25 in his last four games against the Tigers with scores of 116, 75, 76, and 66. Yes, and Rowan Marshall averaging 101 sorry, in his last four against the Tigers with scores of 58, 68, 117, and 161. Like it. He's been in a, a rich vein of form. I remember at the start of the season, people were questioning uh, his validity, I guess, as a primo. Um, and since round five onwards, he's he's had multiple games, uh, one, two, three, four, five games, 120 plus. Um, so he's in a really, really good form. Um, so like it, like it, like it, like it. Uh, next up, uh, we have Carlton up against Gold Coast on Sunday at 1.10 p.m. at the MCG. And uh, could you really pick anyone uh, at the moment for Carlton? But if you were going to select someone, potentially Sam Walsh, he would be uh, a pod. Um, if you're brave enough to do so, averaging a 93.5 in his last four games against the Suns with scores of 101, 89, 86, and 98. And uh, moving on to the last game of the round, North Melbourne up against the Bulldogs on Sunday at 4.40 at Marvel Stadium. Uh, Marcus Bontembele averages 80.5 in his last four against the Roos with scores of 102, 82, 83, and 55. Not a very good average against them but again we look at his recent scores 125 on the weekend 113 against Ge- Geelong 124 against the Gold Coast um so definitely one to consider uh, I think he's turned up in every game except for one this season way back in round three so in some good form there mm. That is interesting. Uh, and lastly, we have Tim English, and he averages 101.25 in his last four games against Zeruz with scores of 138, 85, 57, and 125. Uh, but must make mention as well. Um, but maybe the scales are tipping a little bit because uh, North are actually the third hardest um, team to score against uh, for opposing Ruckman. So, um, but having said that, Briggs, of course, played him on the week weekend, Goldie being that man, uh, and ended up scoring, uh, what was it, a 114. So um, who knows? Uh, and then, I guess, paired with uh, Champion Data's uh, lipstick treatment, get down on all fours and uh, deliver the goods. Yes, 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 yes. But, uh, but those are your options. Those are your options. Now let's jump into our captaincy head-to-head this week. Uh, I took out the chocolate. Oh, sorry, Damon, you you VC'd. Sorry, you had English as your first choice. 
scored the 99. And I should have taken my own advice and gone with Rory Laird, who did score 156. It means that we've I've evened the ledger, so it's 6-6. Six, six. Mm. Uh, but you are ahead on points 1307 to 1262. Yep, just the 45 my points. Way, so, but, um... Yep, pretty close, pretty close. Now, I do have the first pick this week, and I do not want it. Because it is, I don't know, it's a weird round. I don't feel like there's any real standout options. But I am going to go all in on Josh Dunkley. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Josh Dunkley. All righty. Oh, yeah, this is a tough round. Because, like, yeah, Bont, could I trust him? Or could I go for someone different, like a Goulden? Your boy. Do it, my boy. Do it. He's he's due. He's definitely due. Like he's I mentioned, due. he's uh when Where he's they he's, uh, he's had a downturn in form, and last time that happened, uh, they're playing at the Gabba though. Yeah, against the Lions. Against Brisbane. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet, and I'm going to go. Be Tom Stewart. Something different. I don't think I've chosen him all season, so I'm going to go. You Tom Stewart. Choose Tom Stewart when he's playing against Port to give away the least points to defenders. Yeah, that's kind of the the logic you want to go with because okay. no, no no other uh, <laughs> no other players. Stand. Actually, you know what? Giving Sorry, you an out. I'm giving you okay, an out. No, no. Okay, I'll take that out. I'll take that out. I'll take that out. You watch him. You watch him high score now that I've changed. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the out. I'll take the out, and I'll go with Bont against North because surely the dogs have to turn it around. They've got to uh, pull their finger out and yeah, rest the the slide that they've had. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Now, Damon, we've got, a, we've got our next segment. Mm. What a few uh, people screaming out at us. Can you hear it in the distance? I got to know. Hey, I got to know. Yes, and I got to know. We uh, throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, and answer your burning questions. Ooh. First up, Damon, who, who's the first, the first question from? too hot to handle. We've had a few uh, filter through as well, which I'll, uh, unless you want to add them in uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll add them in. There's I'll one from them. someone that I have no idea who it is. I have kind of an idea who it is, but um, maybe I'm wrong. Is it me? Um, I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, <laughs> no. But, uh, first up, we have Tyler at daddyrat underscore 13. What do we do with Crips? This is an age-old question I've been fielding for maybe the past <laughs> two, three weeks. But question. again, it's just like an echo a week in, week out. What do we do with Crips? Is it too late to offload? Uh, it was probably too late maybe about two, three weeks ago. Um, mm. But I think he's going to keep bleeding cash. Uh, the longer that uh, Carlton are in this slump, the longer it's going to go on, I think. Um, he, along with the likes of Walsh and whatnot, they're uh, they're just out of form. Um, he was actually one of the few to his credit, one of the few players to actually lay a tackle on the weekend, Cripper. Um, but again, he's handballing more than what he's kicking, which is a big issue. Um, something which wasn't as much of an issue last year from memory. But what is a big, big issue is the fact that he's only kicked one goal for the entire year compared to last year where he was kicking goals left, right, and center, playing more time up forward. Um, I've had a few people tweet me as to what the issue is, and that's part of the issue. Um he had 20, 20 goals he kicked last year. 20 goals. He kicked one mm, the halfway point. That's a big difference. So a big, big difference. He's playing less time up forward. No opportunity there from uh, good old uh, Voss, the non-boss. Um, and yeah, he's, he's handballing it more than what he's kicking as well. Um, more turnovers. 
um, less tackles. So yeah, I, I reckon get rid of him whilst he can, whilst he's still got a little bit more value. Um, because again, he's, he's got a 117 break even, so he could potentially match that. He's got a couple of, can you call them soft matchups anymore? They're hard matchups, Gold Coast and Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, so I, I would thought not as easy as I think we all think they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got the win on the weekend. Actually, looked pretty good. So, yeah, I, if I was in your situation, I would be offloading him if you can, depending on if you have the yeah. trades to spare. Otherwise, he could be uh, could be one off the. He could be like an <laughs> an M M seven M eight. Yeah, M eight. Sorry, M seven M seven. Yeah, sorry. Oh, M no M M nine. Sorry, M nine. M nine. What are we doing? <laughs> He's being relegated by the He's minute dead. by the second. It could be yeah. it could be an M M twenty four, um. But yeah, I would look to trade him in, uh. Whilst he's still got a little bit more value. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'd be moving him on quickly if you can. Uh, definitely don't want to hold on to him. Um, moving on to the next question, and it is from the Duke at th real Duke. So I've got the hiccups. So he's gonna struggle. <laughs> hey fellas. I'm ranked 119. Should I go from six injury trades to five to get to get off Sicily if given three weeks? Also, main question, Brayshaw versus Neil versus Sarong. Two for one. Yeah. yeah double dip there. All right. I'm going to answer the main question first. Uh, Brayshaw versus Neil versus Sarong. I would probably go Neil first based off his recent score, like his his seal, uh, his flaws much floor, better yeah. than than Brayshaw at this at this stage. Then, oof, Brayshaw versus Sarong. I'd probably go Brayshaw purely just because he's cheaper than Sarong. Mm. Um, but I think they're much of a muchness to be honest. I think uh, Brayshaw seems to be coming good at this stage. Um, and Sarong probably, it's probably Sarong's probably regressing down a little bit. In yeah. terms of his scoring, uh, but of those three, I'd be going Neil, then Brayshaw, and then Sarong probably. But really, Sar- Brayshaw just based off price over Sarong. Yep. over Sarong. Yep, I I totally agree there. Neil, uh, number one, and Brayshaw and Sarong's probably much of a muchness, as you say. Yeah, um, they're very very similar. It's that price point that's the difference. Um, and you got to pinch, you got to squeeze every penny, as we said last week. So. Um, yeah, it's going to help you, I think, going for Brayshaw. I mean, over the course of the season, I probably reckon Sarong's going to score more, maybe a little bit more than Brayshaw, but it's going to be negligible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Brayshaw's the better value option. Agreed. And in terms of the first question, he's ranked 119th humble break there. Uh, should I go from six injury trades to five to get off Sicily if given three weeks? Good ranking, good ranking. Uh, six injury trades to five. It depends, I guess, on the rest of your team. If you've got full primos yeah. yeah, and you've got six injury trades left, then I don't mind. Yeah, I, like I don't it. think it's the end of the world. Uh, it's just who are you going to bring in? Yeah, I think it comes down. If you're full primo and you've got six six trades left, I, don't, I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, no, 100% as well. For sure, um, you can definitely spare one of your injured trades to uh, to correct Sicily, um, if that's the case. Uh, next up, we have Fools at Fools Finesse. 
Uh, he asks, or they ask, is Luke Jackson a good option for the uh, F5, F6? Um, I would say personally, no. Uh, again, this kind of reeks of Brody Grundy. Um, you know, he's uptick in scoring when Maxi Gorn yeah. wasn't in the side. And I think this is mirroring that without Sean Darcy being in the side. Um, Luke Darcy's scoring has, of course, taken a bit of a rise. Um, so when Luke Darcy, Luke Darcy, Sean Darcy <laughs> makes his return. Um, yeah, I reckon that's going to regress back to the mean, as we say, uh, for Luke Jackson. So I wouldn't be jumping on him now at the moment. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind that conversation. I, 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 look, I probably don't mind it. Trying to look at his scoring. When did Darcy go down against Geelong or against Melbourne? Before that, he'd gone 81, 119, and 126 with Darcy in the side. Now, I was having a look at his stats to see whether that has anything to do with goals. I'm also doing that as well. Just yeah, there's a few goals kicked there, so it is a bit tough. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I think you're right. It it reminds me a little bit of when we all tried to trade him in last year when Gorn went down for, with injury. Um when he was still at Melbourne um, yeah. and we all thought, oh, he's going to have this great run and he kind of didn't really. Um, and then Gordon came back and everyone was like, oh no, we've got Jackson. Yeah, um, so I think it's the same thing with Darcy. Every, I think once Darcy comes back, it's not going to bode as well for Jackson. Yep. And uh, just looking at the injury update as well, uh, they're targeting now round 15. So he's going to be out for another week. Two. Yeah. Um, Sorry, another and then week come back. Weeks. Yeah, it's just around 15. Yep. yep. So on the basis of that, I would not be going for Jackson. Yep, I agree. And last one, I think, last question that's been sent in here by yep. Lee pushing the Ann gender at its captain cooler. See, I've got this friend called Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo. Oh, what the hell? It's me. Mo, I need your advice. Yeah. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey Jojo! <laughs> They've said, I stuffed up my round 15 buys, and with Sicily out, could be down to 11. 11 players? Gee whiz. Nine trades left. Briggs, Ford, and Warlord not ripe yet. What am I going to do? Liam, what can he do? He's got nine trades left, but you know he's obviously looking to bring or take up I don't know if you'd trade Warlord. I'd, I'm, I'm a big fan of keeping him. Yeah, I'd long. be holding him. Even Briggs. If you're, it yeah. depends on how you're using Briggs. If you're using Briggs on your bench, then yeah, you can trade him out. Yeah. If you're using Briggs, like I am as you are too, <laughs> uh, I'd be holding him as long as you. I'd almost hold him for the rest of the season if you can. I don't know. Down to 11's tough. Like I think this could be me. No, I'm down to I think 16, without Sicily. Maybe it's have to eat. Seven donuts. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be uh, pretty full after that. <laughs> uh, it's hard. Sorry, it's hard. It's it's hard not knowing, like not being able to look at your side. Uh, Briggs is one that you could potentially trade early. I know he's gonna make a lot more cash because his break even is still minus six, uh, and he's obviously averaging one thirteen point three for the season, but. I think you could potentially trade him out. He's already made 152K in two weeks. That's enough to be worth using somewhere. Uh, Ford. Oh. Ford, likewise, 
Well, he's only made 118, probably would make a bit more this week. His break-even is eight, so he'll make more this week. And I'd definitely be holding Warlord. I don't think it's time to trade him yet. He's only made 67K. Yeah. And his break-even is minus eight. If I was to choose out of them, I'd probably go Briggs, then Ford, then Warlord, if you're making trades. But I think you're probably going to have to, unfortunately, just accept that you're going to be eating a few donuts this week uh, in round 15. I think the the only solace is that uh, a lot of people I think will yeah, be eating I don't think, donuts. I don't think you'll be I, I know eleven is a lot. Um and I'm sure you'll get that up to hopefully at least thirteen or fourteen. But mm. I don't think I don't think that'll kill you in terms of I think a lot of people will be probably fielding seventeen um and sixteen potentially. Yeah. The only way around it is if you bring in a player that's going to be on their buy this week and then they're playing next week, week like after, around 15. Yeah. But either way, you'd be, or you're going to be trading out players so. this week who are on their buy in round 15. And then you're probably going to affect your round this round, this round as well. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's, I guess it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's any real way around it at this stage. And must must admit as well, Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo. That's the worst name I've ever heard. It's <laughs> <laughs> the guy at the end of the bar. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's hard. I think in terms of how I'm looking, how I'm like, I'm shaping up. Gee whiz, gee whiz. Unless of course you're bringing in someone like a like a Geelong player, like a, like a Mullen for this week. Yeah, which will help you next week. Like this those week guys next who week, already, yeah. that have already had their trades. Sorry, their trades, their buys. Um, they'll definitely help you for round sixteen. Um, but as to who they are, you'll just kind of have to work it out. Um, Marek is one that'll help, but he's on the buy this week. Um, Nat five could be an option if you want to go down that route. Um, but Mullen, Mullen's probably the uh the one that I'd be targeting this week to help you next week. Um, if he if he plays, of course. Um, on the bubble. But yeah. That's pretty much that. Yep. Well, Liam, before we wrap things up, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 13. Yes. And we have a new leader for the Supercoach Ooh. Edge Cup public group. And in comes Andy with his team, Bods Squad. Uh, he had a round score of 2,227 and sits. Uh, with a total score, sorry, of 29,523, and he is ranked 64th overall. So going very nicely there is Andy. Very nice. And uh, top score for the round was Brett with his team, the Dropkicks. Uh, round score, 2,262, with a round rank of 143rd is the round rank. Gee whiz, did pretty well there. Very good. And for our Patreon-exclusive group, the leader is... I mean, who other could it be? Who else could it be? It is T Prestitutes Inc., which is, of course, Jonas Goat yet again. And he had a very you know, decent score, a score of 2,139, a total score of 2, uh, 29,369, with a overall ranking of 181. Uh, so going very well. And top scorer, Damon. Was you other than you? Oh, your again. team DJ Trader Lock with a score of two thousand two hundred and ten. Very, very nice there. 
making me look good because there's uh, limited people in our Patreon exclusive group. So uh, makes it look better than what I am. So I'll take it. I'll take it nonetheless. Uh, and in terms of our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, the results looked like this. Uh, do you want to run through them, Liam? Uh, yes, I'm happy to do that. Uh, Papa Ball FC, he defeated Black on White 2,141 to 2,077. Uh, uh, I was defeated by a demon. Uh, yes, we played off oh, head-to-head. We played off in about three different leagues, I think, this week. Yeah, we did. <laughs> which was a lot. 2,175 to 2,210. Peter, with his team Tankers, was defeated by Tan618, 2163 to 2201. And Carps Crushers, Wade, he defeated Brett with his team, the Sharpshooters, which is a big, big upset there. 2,192 defeating uh, Sharpshooters, 2,058. Now, Damon, one thing I just want to run through before you do take a look at the ladder is the league is going very well. It's gone up from 12th to 10th overall in the league ranking. So we sit 10th of 1,173 leagues. So some very good competition here. Absolutely. And uh, one of those was, of course, that that you just mentioned, the sharpshooters. And uh, with that upset from Carp's Crushers, he's he's done me an absolute favor here because he's helped me now jump from second spot to first overall. in terms of equaling with the league points, uh, both of us seven, on nine. Is it seven points? What's that? Sorry. No. Yeah. What is yeah, it? Seven points. Yeah, seven points. Yeah, is the differential between both of us? Yeah. Um, we're both on nine wins. Uh, so I'm twenty-seven thousand one hundred seventy-four, and Sharpshooters is twenty-seven thousand one sixty-seven. So seven points differential there separates both of us. In third spot, we have Tun six one eight Matthew. Uh, he's on six wins. Cubs Crushers likewise six wins. Uh, differential between both of those guys is what forty three. Quick maths. Uh, Tankers is on five wins in fifth spot. Uh, Black on white is in sixth spot. Five wins. Uh, differential there between both those guys as well on points. Popball FC Dylan is on four wins in seventh spot, and yourself Liam in eighth spot. Uh, back on the bottom. Back on the bottom. But you're just so humble. And you're Started so nice from the about bottom, things. now I'm back. <laughs> well, yeah, what's the saying? Started from the bottom, now I'm back on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, I'm just doing it in front of solid. But like, I just wanted to point out, okay, other than the top two spots, like third spot, I'm only two points off third spot, two wins off third spot. And, and, and the points scored overall, like you're, you're, a point yeah. behind Carps Crushers, who's in fourth spot. Yeah. So there's definitely um um everyone in this league is there's I mean, other than probably the top two spots, uh I feel like the And next Popper Ball has been hard down, done by as well. Yeah, he's been very hard done by. He's the third highest scorer and he's he's in seventh spot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Tis what it is, but uh the worm will turn, as they say, Liam. It worm will. will turn for both of you. Well. And that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, if you search Supercoach Edge, uh, you'll find us there. And don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at, at DomoJ88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge. And that is where we will be. 
Absolutely. And uh, as you mentioned there, as always, if you love the content we provide, make sure to let us know by subscribing to our YouTube channel and help us in our pursuit of hitting the 1K mark by the end of the season. We're going up slowly, slowly. I must admit, I reckon there's, you know, like uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter where you have random followers like bots and whatnot that follow you. And then there's, there's a culling. And it tends to happen in uh, on YouTube as well. So um, if you can get behind us, uh, if you're listening to us on podcast, jump across to YouTube, give us a subscribe. Uh, and just that's that's the only support that we want. Apart from your listenership and viewership, uh, we love that support, obviously, as well. Um, but if you can do so, that would be amazing. Liam, let's bid farewell to the, uh, the kind listeners and viewers and uh, bid them well on their journey yes. into the third week so we're half the half 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 the halfway point we're past the halfway point of the buy period and geez i need it to finish with the way i'm going um but uh it means that we're a step closer to the end so we just have to grit our yes. teeth keep going forge through and um da da, and we'll uh we'll come out the other side looking pretty well <laughs> so with that we bid you farewell and uh we'll see you on the other side uh the same time same place we'll see you then see you guys